0: The Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast is proudly sponsored by New Vision. My team,
1: Condor Power. I love the power. power, power. I love the power. power, power. Hello and welcome to the power. Port Preview podcast for the round 17 match against North Melbourne, which will be played on Saturday afternoon at Adelaide Oval. I'm Portia. And joining me as always is our wine drinking comrade, Macca nineteen. Macca, how are you?
0: <laughs> All wind up and ready to go. Let's do it.
1: <laughs> what are you drinking tonight, Macca? A lovely glass of Chablis. Okay. More, yeah. more. People want to buy people want to buy in. They want to buy part of the image. They want to buy the same brand as you, Macca, so that they All can right. it's a, it's a French.
0: it's a French uh, Chardonnay, in fact. It's uh it's quite lovely. Oh. Yeah, nice and citrusy, very light, um, very delicious. Say. Does it have a
1: name? Does it have a
0: uh, name? It's Simonet Favre. Simonet Favre.
1: There you go. That's the official um, Chablis, oh, sorry, Chardonnay of uh, <laughs> Corpain Radio. There you go. Ah, <laughs> oh, gee. So, look, I mean, I guess um, we've had, uh, I suppose, the starting gun's been uh, fired on coach sackings and that the Coaches Association's come out this week and said, hey, um, you know, we've got to be respectful of teams that have coaches currently in the finals when you're talking about poaching them. So... No one's actually been fired yet, have they? So, um, the Coaches Association are expecting someone to, presumably. I don't know. I uh, know. Well, I guess mm. we'll talk through the top three. One of them we're playing this week, I reckon. I reckon he's got to be a shot, surely. Um, but anyway, we'll start with Nathan Buckley, who I think is the one that has had all the headlines for maybe being fired. At the, he's had a contract at the end of the year. Um I would think what that do you that'll reckon? likely
0: happen. Uh, I don't know. I, I feel like he's been a little bit hard done by in terms of he took over a list which might have been in good nick, but then a whole bunch of people left, which he probably wouldn't have expected to leave. And then they're yeah. just on the downward spiral at the moment, um, which is going to... like they spent a lot of time sort of near the top of the ladder. They spent a good sort of five, six years near the top. So they're just going through um, what every other club that sort of wins a premiership goes through. So I think Mick Malthouse probably went out at the, at the right time. Oh, and yeah. uh Bucks probably took over at the wrong time. Um I think he's a, a fairly decent coach. Is he going to stay next year? I doubt it. Is he going to get another job? <clears throat> doubt it.
1: Well, I mean that's an interesting one. Um obviously you'd say that you know precedent for ex main coaches that have done has he done anything at Collingwood really? I don't
0: know. Well, they got to a prelim. Yeah. In his first mm. year and then it was it's all, literally been all downhill from there because then they then we beat them in that uh, elimination the following year and then they haven't made the final since they've got progressively worse and worse but I mean their list I don't know what people are expecting their list is a disaster zone like they've got one key forward like they've got debatable sort of uh, key defensive stocks
1: uh, they've got a great midfield that's about it mm. do, you, do you think they're firing Nathan Buckley this yeah, after just signing Daniel Wells to a multi-year contract for like a short-term result. Do you think that's, do you think that might be a bit of a, a weird one?
0: Oh, Daniel Wells, Chris Mayne, <laughs> you name it. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, and um, I guess the next one on the list, uh, I think, I reckon he's got to go this one, Rodney Aide for Gold Coast. Um, oh, yeah,
0: he's, 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 he's gone.
1: He's gone. They haven't that, said that he's gone. That was just a mistake but...
0: from the start and it hasn't worked, so they'll pick someone else. Who's not very good and um, lead them to another uh, 10th or 11th spot.
1: Yeah, I think they're hoping he was a development coach. I don't know that he is, even. I, I think the. But when you look at his past record, you say all well, the coaches that started after him won premierships, which is true. Yeah. Um, you know, at Sydney and uh, Bulldogs. Um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but I don't know that that's how it works. I don't know if it's, that, um, if it's happened twice before, it'll happen a third time. No. Um, Not with that Gold Coast list. They've got a lot of work to do. They do. Uh, And Brad Scott, I'm hoping. Fingers crossed there'll be one less Scott coaching in the AFL. What do you reckon? (laughs) That'd be nice. (laughs) I will miss him, though. I'll miss
0: his uh, exclamations on game day and his facial expressions and him looking like King Willy Weedy. Um,
1: Yeah. Quite simply. Can can I just say that if we're going to bag on Brad Scott, I just want to imagine how many people listening to the podcast have just had their sphincters tightened because they think it's bad luck. It's fantastic. Fair enough. Yeah, we're going to talk about Red Scott we're going to be really insulting about him.
0: Sphincter fan radio, right here.
1: That's us. Yeah. Uh, and I guess the next one is about who's next in line. Um, there's a few Port Adelaide ones and they're the only ones I'm really interested in talking about, so let's just talk about them. Um, Stuart Jew, senior assistant at Sydney Swans at the start of the year, with their start you might have said, oh yeah, maybe not, but with their comeback I mean, that's kind of even more of an endorsement for a senior assistant, isn't it? Yeah, possibly
0: I don't know, is is Stuart Jew now damaged goods? Because he's kind of been second place in about four jobs now, hasn't he? He
1: He hasn't applied for any though. Are you sure? I'm pretty sure he's been talked about a bunch of times. He's never actually been talked about his interviewing. I don't believe.
0: No, I'm pretty sure he's interviewed a bunch of times. Oh, well,
1: I don't know. Well, I don't know anyone I don't the know. Wants to I feel
0: chime. like he's now in the Scott Byrne zone. Sort of like everyone oh. expected him to be the next senior coach, and it just didn't happen.
1: No, I think he's been hanging back. Okay. But, um, yeah, Although I mean,
0: I, was... I think he would make a great senior coach. I think he's done great things at Sydney. I rate him extremely highly. So. Hopefully, he does apply and get a job. That'd be great.
1: Yeah, and look, I mean, he's the sort of guy that um, that if we lost Hinkley, I'd be kind of okay on us getting because I think he has shown that he doesn't have an adverse loyalty to his previous clubs. Like, he left us pretty easy. He left uh, and then he uh, left Hawthorne and just went straight up to Sydney. He's never had any real sort of conflicts you'd really imagine um, with where he's come from and the decisions he's made in his career, and you would expect that he wouldn't have any real favourites in terms of being a coach either, I haven't thought. Yeah. Um, Anyway, next one, it's the one that we talk about all the time, Nathan Bassett, who is the uh, de facto head coach of the majority of our team, uh, given we name so many defenders every week. Do you think he's a chance?
0: Definitely, definitely.
1: Right. Which one do you reckon he's stronger for, Collingwood or Gold Coast or maybe North Melbourne?
0: I would say North Melbourne, if any. Um, Really?
1: I, can, I, I think Bassett would suit North Melbourne,
0: to be honest, but I don't, I don't think he will be um, applying for any of these jobs this year.
1: You don't? No. Interesting. What if we win the Premiership, Billy?
0: Really?
1: No. Okay, interesting. Um, then just two more. Brennan Laid. it would uh, be an outside, very outside. Wouldn't room. have thought so. No. And, of course, the, the rising star, high performance. Uh, manager at the, oh, not manager, high performance coach or something like that at the Melbourne Demons, Troy Chaplin. You reckon he's a shot? <laughs> uh, uh. <laughs> well, look, I mean, he'd, I think he'd fit really well into the mould that Brad Scott is leaving um, in that I think he would pull some fantastic coaches box faces, so I think that he'd be a really good fit for North Melbourne. Um, I think they'd be pretty good. Whoa, that's uh, it. I mean, had uh, JB on the speaker chat say that Scott is still under contract to North for the next five years or something, um, which, yeah, I guess, I don't know. I have no idea. It was just, it seems like he's been around for a while. He's got the bottom, second bottom team at the moment. You really should be talking about getting the ass, but anyway. Uh, and then the last little bit, which I'm kind of still annoyed by, James Hurd's been asked to present the Norm Smith medal this year. Um, he is previous medalist. Um, I would say he is probably the most ethically dubious of all those medalists. Uh, and yeah including Greg Williams why would you do it AFL why would the AFL do that
0: it's a strange decision but I think last year they had um, Shannon Grant Mm. um, present the Norm Smith medal who was the the Norm Smith winner in 99 so I think if they're just sort of following year by year then James Hood is next but why would they do that I don't know I don't know but that seems to be the the path that they're taking Um, but yeah I don't know I mean, it's just a strange decision because what's going to happen on Grand Final? Like, is he going to get like roundly booed by ninety five thousand people? Like,
1: you would you would think that would be a fair chance to happen. You honestly, you would really hope that would happen. Like, enormously hope that for sure. Yeah, but what what would be good though? Ah, oh, no. As Jimmy that Unchained would be good. Has,
0: has said, Norm yeah. Smith Medalist Patty Ryder <laughs> yeah, was, won't be happy.
1: Yeah, I was going to say like if it was like a you know it was. It, it was between Hibbard for Melbourne and Patty Ryder for Port, or for one of the other guys at left their club, and they're now at a new one, and they're yeah. one of the Norm Smith Battle candidates. Like that'd be, that'd be super tense. I mean, you'd hope you'd shove them off the stage, wouldn't you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, James. Oh, yeah. No, no, thanks Piss to off. you, mate. Piss off. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, look, we'll move on to talking about uh, our opponent this week, North Melbourne. Um, we've been doing a, a short-term look back, but I think we're far enough into the season. We really need to talk about the whole season a little bit um, when we're talking about the. So, North Melbourne, currently 17th on the ladder. They've had five losses in a row coming into this game. Uh 17th? And four weeks, the last four weeks. That's crazy. <laughs> 17th. 17th round. Oh, uh, 17th. Yeah, 17th round, 17th position. There you go. Uh, four weeks of losses in the last four weeks. They've all been uh, less than 20 points, and three of them have been at home, which is an interesting thing. They've sort of been hanging in there. Um, and they've only had four wins this year. They're all middle of the season. Uh, Gold Coast at Docklands. Adelaide at Bell is their biggest win for the season, something like forty something points, uh, Melbourne at the MCG and Carlton at Docklands. So there's two shitty sides and two, or one really good side and one air side, in um, those wins. And I, I can't really see a common thread between them, to be honest. A um, mm. little bit, little bit weird. It's
0: kind of not really. Like the no. Adelaide one came completely out of the blue. Um, mm. Arguably the Melbourne one as well. The other two, fair enough, but. Well, they're in struggle town this year. We knew the, the North Melbourne cliff was uh, pretty close, and they've pretty well stepped off it, and are free falling at a, a fast rate of knots. And um, yeah, I mean that's why Brad Scott's job is arguably in question. And um, yeah, I mean it, it was bound to happen sooner or later. They they had a, a dubious sort of um, recruitment strategy. They they went for glory, they missed it. Now they got to suffer the consequences without the, the glory of a flag, really.
1: Yeah, that's pretty much it, isn't it? But, I mean, I guess that's the thing. Like, that's North Melbourne historically. Like, they've always been a team that's been willing to, you know, bet it all. Uh, and that's – I think that's always been kind of the – like, as much as you can say that North Melbourne has any charm at all, like, that has been part of the charm of North Melbourne is that they have been a club that is willing to risk everything to get a premiership. And that's – sometimes, I guess, you know, as a Port fan, a modern Port fan, you kind of think, yeah, I wish we had a little bit of that. That would be nice. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Anyway, now last week, uh, North Melbourne managed to lose to Fremantle in, in, in Melbourne. Uh, it was a four-point loss uh, caused by Todd Goldstein, missing a goal, which would have sealed them the win, but they didn't. Uh, ben Brown kicked four goals too, and Aaron Mullett kicked two goals one, which is a little bit unusual. The And there Malay. singles after that. Yeah, Malay, Aaron Malay. <laughs> um, really a bit of an underscript game in all respects, but just the fact that North Melbourne couldn't hold on at home, uh, they're really not in a great spot right now. Um, and now they came to Adelaide. What, what, what are we thinking about that?
0: Well, on face value, you should think that we should win by plenty, and by plenty, I mean sort of mm-hmm. ten goals. But I just have a uh, uneasy feeling about this one.
1: Well, there's one stat which I feel is the biggest sign for me that if we can get a good start, they're dead. Which is that North Melbourne, despite being second last, they are dead last in the league for one percenters this year. Which statistically, they're high in a lot of other categories. Um, but just the the follow through, the accountability, I just don't feel they've had it. Um, and I think that the stats sort of bear that out. Um, they've got a really good forward line, I reckon. I've, I've, they've, really, they've got a really good Ben well, Brown. Let's be frank. They've got a really good Ben Brown. He's really excellent this year. They've got a great um, Ben Brown. Yeah, that's, that's pretty <laughs> much pretty much it because they don't have
0: much else. Like Jared Waite, I don't think he's playing. No, okay. um, and look, he's had a really good year when he's been on the park, uh, but he's only played six or seven games this year. So... That's been his issue. But outside of that, it's a pretty, it's a very, very young, inexperienced forward line. Like J- Jai Simkin in his yeah. first year. Cam yeah. has going to debut. Taylor Garner's yeah, you know, has been good. in and out of the side. Nathan Probe that has uh, crossed from the dogs and has had a, a pretty decent first year at the Roos. But it's still very inconsistent as well. So on face value, I would very much hope that they don't kick a winning score on the weekend.
1: Well, I mean, I think a lot of it's been driven by the midfield. Um, Obviously, Todd Goldstone is a pretty good player, um, and he's got a couple of really good midfielders there as well uh, in... um, Where are they? Yeah, yeah, Cunnington's evil, and Higgins as well. Um, But Cunnington's evil particularly, just in terms of contested ball winning. And I kind of feel like if we can sort of negate them, then we've got this in the bag by 100 points pretty much. Um, I think they rely really heavily on that and being able to to, um, do what they can in the midfield and hopefully force... The opposition to be inaccurate going forward, which we have done yeah. a few times this year. Let's be honest; um, they've got a very seagully back backline, in my view. Um, mm. there's not a, it, it's mostly about sort of scooping up the, the errant kicks going forward, and it makes it really important for us to um, get one-on-one contest against them, um, yeah. which we, we can do if we play key forwards. If we do that again, that'd be, that'd be really nice. It would be really Would good. be very nice. Mm. Yeah. All right. Well, look. Uh, this week we've got going back to the Port Adelaide side. There's one change. Only one, so that means Atlee's still in, so that's nice. Mm. Um, and that change, I think it's. we'll talk about that in a minute. Is Logan Austin in? Jack Homsh out. Now, Maka. The last two Thursday nights, I've talked about how the recontracting contracting of key defenders has made me think, mm, if I'm Logan Austin's manager, I'm wondering where my place is in this Port Adelaide side in the near future and in the next two years. Yes. And now he's been named out of the blue. Completely out of the blue, he's been named. <laughs> it it smells blue, like... Ah, oh, it feels like an inducement. It feels like an inducement. Like, hey, we've got our big three signed up. We want to get Logan on. And Logan's like, mm, I don't know. Like, okay, we better play him. If we play him, he, he might be a bit more positive about it. And it's really in this game, like if you're going to placate a player with a selection, like against North Melbourne, it's probably not a bad choice. Um, I don't know. It might not be actually it, but it just really seems kind of coincidental that it's coming on the back of re-signing Hector Comps as well. Uh, as uh, the other two keep back from in outside. Yeah. Look, mm-hmm. everything is
0: bigger in Texas. I've got to say, the first time ah! we've got Austin and Houston playing in the same backline—that's uh, that's wonderful news. I think. Um, look, I know that I know for a fact Jack Homsch has been carrying an injury for the last you know however long, mm-hmm. sort of uh, half the season. So I, I'm not surprised that he's gone out. I am very surprised that he's been named for the SANFL. Um That is a shock because it means he's being dropped as opposed to being rested. I'd prefer him to be rested, to be honest. Um, I'm I'm pretty happy Logan Austin's come in. He's been in great form in the SANFL. Um, He's done a lot of really good um, shutting down jobs, and he's also getting a lot more of the ball these days as well, which is great. So hopefully he can come in. I wonder if he'll Mm. play on um, Ben Brown, just because of the height factor. Um, Mm, mm. If he does, I, I expect him to do a
1: pretty good job too. You'd certainly hope so. Um, uh, look, I mean, I think there's no look uh, in this match. He should do really well. Like, there's no real excuse for him not to. Um, so we'll, we'll see. He, he he's got the chance. He's got the chance to prove he's should just he get a bigger contract. Whatever else is going on, I don't know. Um, but as we'll for your uh,
0: as for your conspiracy theory, like you've been calling for Jack Holmes to be yeah. dropped for about eight weeks. So
1: I have absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> But then it it becomes, did we not drop him so that we wouldn't look like idiots for re-signing him to two years when he's in the SNFL? You know, like that's the alternate question. You know, which is it? It's probably one of those, or it's a bit of both. But um, I reckon that's still certainly a factor, you know. Mm.
0: Well, I think he does really well, Logan. I'm, I'm a big fan, and yeah, hopefully he plays really, really well.
1: And the emergencies this week, uh, I don't know, they're a little bit different to what they've been. Uh, Aaron Young has been named again, but uh, Riley Bonner and Brett Eddy are both listed as emergencies. And you'd have to say there's no real easy options among those from what Ken would traditionally pick, apart from maybe Young. So if we do have a late injury, um, I think it might be a bit of a shake-up for our side. <laughs> I don't yeah, know well, that, think.
0: Uh, that might be a good thing.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, well, depending on who's injured, of course. But, yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, now we'll look at North Elven changes. They've only made one. Uh, Trent DeMondon. Months out, and Cameron Zohar is debuting. He's from Western Australia. It's his first year. at Um, he's playing forward, so um, I don't think he'll come across Sam Pellpeffer unless Sam does a lot of travel. Um, I don't know. I I I think that for us, it actually almost makes him a bit more appropriate, um, because he is a more attacking player, and yeah. they they do need that against our defence.
0: Well, I was a big fan of him last year, as you know. Mm. Um, yes. I think you were as well. Um, mm. I was very very shocked that he didn't get drafted in the uh, in the national draft. Um, So I think they've got a bit of a bargain as a rookie list player. And I think he he could well have a very, very good um, AFL career. Um, You know, he's very quick. He's got great skills. He kicks goals. can play through the midfield as well. So, um, Mm. yeah, good on him. And uh, will he come across his former WA teammate in uh, Power Pepper? Maybe. It's quite possible.
1: Yeah, I suppose it is. Um, We just had one other update on the Spreaker chat from Craig Jones saying that Eddie and Young have been named in the pies, so Bonner is the emergency. So...
0: Well, that's good. That's good. Yeah, I'm all for yeah, getting Riley Bonner in the side and seeing what he can do, especially up forward. I'm, you know, Our back line looks incredibly settled, and I don't think there's a spot for him anytime soon. Um, I would love to see what Bonner could do further up the ground, either on a wing or as a, a high half forward, because I reckon he could be sort of our answer to Adelaide's Tom Lynch in terms of quick, tall, good mark, uh, can kick goals from you know 55 out. Um. And look, that's a type of player that we still lack in the side, really. So, um, I'm given to him going in that uh, in that sort of spot.
1: For a second, then I thought I was talking to Rick because that's a huge claim. <laughs> yeah, that's absolutely huge to so say he's going to be a, a Tom Lynch type for us. What? What? If he was
0: to play in that sort of role, um, is what I'm saying. Okay. Well, I think he okay. could be successful in that sort of role. You know, he's 191 centimeters. He's pretty quick. Um, can kick 60 meters. So I, I reckon yeah. he'd be very, very handy in that sort of role. Yeah.
1: Look, I mean, I personally, if he does play, I wouldn't mind seeing him in that role as well because uh, it'll force him to be constructive. And I think yeah. that he probably, maybe he needs that after what we saw maybe. earlier in the year.
0: Yeah. Maybe,
1: maybe that will be useful for him to see that um, and have that impetus put on him. Yep. So, yeah, I'm okay with that. Um, and now I guess we'll just go by the area, by area matchup smacker. So starting in the rucks, um look, I, I think this is another one. We're going to say it every week, but we're going to say it again. I reckon Paddy Ryder can win this
0: one. I think so. Like, Goldie <laughs> has had a decent year. Um, mm. He's probably a bit below his best uh, from what we've seen in, in uh, recent years. But he's still a bloody hard ruckman to come up against. Um, and he's still averaging a lot of hit-outs this year. So uh, it will be a very interesting ruck contest. And probably his biggest, um, probably his biggest opponent for quite some time as well.
1: Yeah, no, that's fair enough. Um, look, there's nothing wrong with Todd Gold since the year, but um, Paddy Ryder's just had more hit-outs and more clearances and more success and more everything, really. He just seems to be the form player right now. So, um, I don't know, maybe we'll see a different Todd Gold scene after last week. There's no um,
0: doubt. Like, I think probably four to five weeks ago, um, when you first started to hear the sort of rider for All-Australian, you thought, oh, maybe, I, I don't know. And I think we even spoke about it in at length. Yeah. like yeah, yeah. I thought at the time he was probably... Fourth or fifth line, but he's probably mm. jumped pretty well. All of them, I would think, and um, mm. might well be leading the pack.
1: I think he might be Maka, um, particularly as Port seem to be hanging around at the top of the ladder, and they've got to yeah. name someone. Yes, yeah? That's true. That's <laughs> and they're not going to choose. They're not going to choose a defender. Um, and there's, you know, if you're looking for other players, I mean, they're not going to. Who, who, who would Charlie Dixon replace? So I think they're pretty happy with who they'd have there for options. So Ruckman, yeah. yep, sounds good. Yep. Um, yeah. Now, um, so midfield, I guess uh, So a couple of stats for the midfield They've got the second most clearances conceded The fourth most uncontested position against And the second, seventh least clearances gained <laughs> So that all represents To be fair, some of those are actually a, a, a Achieving above where they are on the ladder um, You know, they're all above What the 17th position they currently are So, uh, you know they're They're, they're not oh, yeah. doing great They're not doing so, great
0: Second-most yeah, clearances conceded coming up against Port, who have the second-most yeah. clearances. Um,
1: yeah, yeah. It's on face value, they
0: they could be in big trouble.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, because if you look at their um, contested possession uh, players in midfield, like Cunnington, Zeeble, um they dropped Dumont, who has got a pretty decent ratio, and all the rest are pretty seagull again in the midfield too. So uh, if we are winning in Ruck, and we're winning at the full of the ball, uh, it could be a very tough day for North Melbourne. Uh, there's no doubt. Um
0: and it's gonna oh, come I'm going go to go as far as saying stop Cunnington, stop North Melbourne, really?
1: Just about. Just, I think Higgins, for me, Higgins is the closest they've got to a, like a combination inside-outside guy, in my view, Yeah. Uh, that can consistently do it. So I think he's probably a little more valuable than Cunnington. Um, if Cunnington and Z will do pretty well, but we're able to cut him off uh, delivering well, then uh, I think that's okay. But Higgins is a bit more dangerous, I think, as a player. And we've seen that a few times this year, and he's come up in highlights and all that sort of stuff as being a... Damaging player. I think yeah, that midfield's he's not a bad. Player. Like it's a good not good player. Terrible. Huntington's
0: a good player. Higgins is a good player. Swallows, you know, probably towards yeah. the end of his career now, um, and has slowed down a fair bit. Gibson just gets a lot of the ball,
1: mm. uh, and
0: you know what he's going to do every week. Um, but yeah, outside of that, like you look at their interchange bench, and if you like, I reckon ninety nine point. Five percent of people at the game on Saturday <laughs> will look at the uh, interchange bench and go, "I don't know a single one of those players," which is probably <laughs> fair because it's a very, very young um, bench for North Melbourne.
1: It is, yeah. Um, Declan Montford does not sound like a North Melbourne name. <laughs> no, Mitchell Hibbard <laughs> probably doesn't either. <laughs> yeah, the others there—you can Daniel Nielsen, Corey Wagner—they sound pretty North Melbourne. Yeah. Um, yeah, so the midfield again. I think it's another team that we can say is pretty good at the top end, but then it kind of fades away fairly quickly, really. Yeah. Um, so you, you think that should mean we win, given we've got you know a, a technical ruck advantage? Um, um, I don't know. I don't know. I we should, so. if we look, should win. If we should win in midfield.
0: Our midfield's in great form. They performed exceptionally well last week. Um, if they, yeah, look, if we can't beat this North Melbourne side, then there's a whole world of issues, I think.
1: I'm um, just going to the speaker chat quickly, just backtracking briefly. Um, Maka, Zohar or battle into my fantasy team.
0: Oh, that's a tough one. That's I a tough Zohar, one. Right? I would say... Oh, that's a tough one. Um,
1: I think there's more opportunity I for Zohar, reckon, surely.
0: Yeah, I would think so. I would think there's probably more long-term for... Um, Zerhar, considering Membry's will come back. What did he get? Two weeks? I forget. Yeah, I think he got two weeks. So, he'll come straight back into that lineup. and I would assume that Josh Battle will come out. I think Battle might actually do pretty well, because he's, he's got great endurance, <clears> and he might kick a few goals. So, um, But I think uh, if you're looking for someone uh, to sort of see you through till the end of the season, probably Zerhar. Mm. Yeah, I
1: think that's pretty fair. Um... Jimmy Unchanger said, uh, even more specifically, stop Cunnington in the fourth quarter, which, yeah, that's fair. Yep. Um, and now look, we move on to the Fords, or the Ben Browns, we should call them, really. Um, actually, I'm, actually, I'm go- just
0: going to intercept. Sorry, oh, sorry, I'm just going to intercept there. Oh, oh. If you're going to pick someone for McGovern, um, Dream Team or super Coach, I'll probably go Jacob Allison for Brisbane.
1: Ooh, um, is he playing?
0: He's playing. He's debuting this week as well, I think. Um, or he's, he's on the uh, extended interchange, so he might not, but... Um, oh, no, if he's if he's named tomorrow night, I would get on that uh, bandwagon for sure.
1: For me, I think I'd wait a game before Allison, just because I think that like he was a player that we talked about how he's got a huge upside, and it's really a matter of how fast he manages to put it all together. So I think that after one game, you'll have a really good idea of how he's going to track. Yeah. Um, but I, I think this would be too early. Okay. Really. Yeah. Um. I... Right, and we we're talking mid forwards. That's right. Yeah. All right. Forwards. So the forwards are actually doing pretty well. They're overperforming for the lighter position uh, statistically. Seventh for marks inside 50, 7th most goals scored, and tenth least rebound fifties conceded, which means they're doing fairly decent for um, efficiency. Really, mm. um, it's not not bouncing back a lot. And for Tina's second bottom. You know, that's actually some really good stats. So you want to talk about Brent Brown, You want to be want to talk about how we should have drafted him? <laughs>
0: Yes. Yes we should don't don't bring why bring that up again? Like I've just half gotten over it and you choose to bring this up again. Like honestly I know but it's fun. Oh, is it is it fun? Is it? Like what's Mitch Harvey doing these days? He's probably hundred and thirty five kilos somewhere. Like. Oh,
1: how many pictures do we have before Brent Brown rent that year? <laughs> Three.
0: Only one that mattered. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Only one that yeah. mattered. Yeah. Oh, all
1: right. Yeah. So Ben Brown, he's uh, he's got the exact same score for the year as Robbie Gray, and the exact same inside uh, marks inside fifty as Dixon. He's sort of everything. If you have one one Ben Brown, you've got our forward line pretty much.
0: He <laughs> is their forward line. Um, he
1: is it's ridiculous. The
0: interesting thing is that um, like well, he's clearly in front in terms of their leading goal kicker. Um, their second, third, and fourth leading goalkeepers, aren't playing this weekend.
1: Oh, there we go. Okay. Yeah, they're screwed.
0: So that's a good <laughs> sign as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. And the second, third, and fourth goalkeepers, like they're only averaging, yeah, at most the a goal a game pretty much. So they're not really a huge threat. Um, yeah, I guess that's why Zaha's been named realistically. Um, at least took give him a chance, and he's got a fairly decent work rate. Right? So Ben Brown, who's going to stop him? Is it going to be Clery, Good old closer? I'll say Austin. Yeah. yeah, I will say Austin,
0: and I think Clurie will take Magic.
1: I reckon I'd start Clurie on um, Brown and then switch halfway. Okay. Um, just because I'd want a more experienced head on um, Ben Brown early, uh, while Logan, because Logan's got to get used to AFL speed again. Um, yeah. So I would give him the less challenging match up uh, first up, and then when he looks ready, then switch him in if it if or if it, or if it gets mm. nasty, then change it. But
0: I would still yeah. start. With Austin on Brown, and that will allow Cleary and Houston to sort of uh, jump in front and take some intercept marks. And look, that's something that Cleary's really improved this year—is his intercept marking. And I think if he um, oh, but ends he's up he's it from behind—that's
1: the good part. Like, that, like that's, well, the, that's, well, that's the thing that's, I
0: really like that's about it as well. Um, yeah, well, I think—I don't know—I think for the better sort of defensive feng shui or whatever, I reckon yeah. Austin on Brown, um, and that will <laughs> allow the thing. others. That'll allow the other sort of pieces of the jig sort of fit better, in my opinion.
1: Mm. Fair enough. I disagree, but it's not really something I'm going to fight over, so we're good. Good. Um, uh, All right, and moving on to the North Melbourne defence. Now, this is, if you look through their stat lines as a team, you know, they're actually ever performing for a lot of areas, and then when you look at the defensive stats, it's like, nah, there they are. Mm -hmm. Um, They've got the second most marks inside 50 conceded, the third most inside 50s conceded, and the fourth most goals conceded. Um, it, the ball's just gone through there like a knife through butter, realistically, and it's yeah. only when it hits the ground that it's sort of coming back. Yeah. Um. Yeah.
0: Look, but they've my, got Lindsay Thomas named, and I think actually playing in defence. So I think that says it all.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and they that's had like, kicked some goals last week. <laughs> that's that's He's been how named desperate in they defence
0: again. <laughs> Look, Robbie Tarrant's had a really good year, and he'll be right up there for all Australian talks.
1: Oh um, yeah
0: he's been he's been wonderful back there and been the the one shining light probably um atley is just a wasted footballer like so much talent and he's just not anywhere near what I think I and most in the football world sort of thought he would become mullet meh. McDonald meh. Scott Thompson he's a good defensive stopper but you know again yeah like we should be kicking 20 goals against that defensive group
1: Realistically, yeah. Um, Do you think Sean Attlee is the, uh, um, oh, was it Matthew Carr to um, Joe Attlee's Josh Carr? Was it Matthew Carr?
0: Matt Carr, yeah.
1: Matt Carr, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, well, I hope so. Yeah, that'd be good. One's a premiership player and the other is, uh, yeah, (laughs) ran around doing not much. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, not true enough. All right, and uh, yeah, they've got a rebounding defence. Robbie Tarrant's ahead of it. mullet was kicking goals last week, so I don't know if he's going to be doing much rebounding. Is he playing? He's playing. Yeah, he's, he's named in defence. Yeah. Yep. Um, they've got more. This is an interesting thing. They've got more rebound fifties individually, what around five defenders, than any of our defenders have individually, um, yep. which is interesting. It's the fourth most rebound fifties in the league, um, but it's still not really resulting in much. <laughs> There's yep. still a lot of goals getting kicked, so it's it's mm. uh, it look. Like it, Really, what that really says, if you just look at the stat line, it says they're susceptible to uh, for, uh, pressure. Uh, if you play in the forward half of the ground, they're, they're going to struggle to get it past you. So um, yeah. we've been good at that. That's again, we're talking about a thing that's a strength report this year that has been a weakness for North Melbourne, and it's another reason why we should absolutely smash them. Um, but every time we talk about smashing yeah. North, we talked about this very briefly before the podcast. Every time we go up against them in a game where it looks like there's absolutely no reason they should win and no reason we should lose, and they've had a run of losses, and you say, oh, we should win this one." This, usually, in the dark-cold days when North Melbourne used to beat us regularly, that is exactly when North Melbourne would beat us. So, yeah, um, yeah don't know, don't know, don't know. Let's be yeah, long. As as we said, on paper,
0: we should be winning this by a lot. But, as we know, on paper and realistically, uh, sometimes far, far apart. And this, I feel this is one of our biggest danger games in a while. Well, I was pretty confident going up against Collingwood and going up against Richmond and I wasn't very confident last week, but um, I don't know. There's just an uneasy feeling about this game. I'm not sure if it's because North Melbourne are going in so young and so inexperienced that I just don't know what to expect from them, Um, or whether we're going to see another sort of disappointing letdown after a a big win last week. I don't know what it is, but uh, there's just an overriding, uneasy feeling about this game for me
1: for me i think that if they play similarly to how they have the rest of the year they will definitely lose the question is if is this the week that brad scott says hey guys all of you guys i am demanding accountability as of right now if you're in this side and you don't chase if you don't run all game long you're out at the end of the year like if this is the game he decides to play that card then yeah that'll, that'll mean a huge change to how they play it all year all these guys are the Huge, uncontested uh, possession ratio will suddenly become really accountable guys trying everything they can to tackle and that could pressure us for a bit. We could still win in those circumstances but um, you know, it's just a matter of whether they play that card and after yeah. four weeks, four losses in a row one against, you know, put very late in the game last week maybe this is the week that Brad Scott says hey, stop monkeying around, this is your career. So that's probably what we should be concerned about. Um, and that's coming to the next question, which is: Should we be concerned about Repaired Scott as a coach? And I think that's probably the only reason we should be, really, um, if yep. he pulls out a motivation card. Mm. Mm. Fair enough. Um, psychological advantage got to be port theoretically.
0: <laughs> I would hope so. I would hope so.
1: For the players, anyway, you'd think so, yes. Yeah. And here's the But again, part. like okay. every Questions? year
0: for the last what four years, we've probably lost to either 18th or 17th on the ladder, or both.
1: So, I don't know. Well, we lost to North Melbourne in 2004, so, you know. Let's break that it.
0: chain. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, no, i am happy with that one if it means we get a premiership. I'll take a yeah. loss to North Melbourne if we get a premiership out of it. Um, and just on Spreaker Chat, and Jimman is trolling you. He says, if you want to get upset about not drafting Ben Brownmacker, check out North's Emergencies for this week. I believe he's referring to the fact that Ryan Clark has been named in his emergency for um, North Melbourne. Oh, okay. Yeah. All mm. North Adelaide. So Could it be one. North
0: Adelaide's. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe Mitch Harvey is in the emergencies. I don't know. He's uh, he's really doing great things <laughs> in the SANFL, Mitch. Ah <laughs> oh, dear. Mm. All right, all
1: right. Now, big footy questions. What you got?
0: Questions. Pommy power. First up, name your perfect sandwich. Oh,
1: uh, chicken, spinach, Swiss cheese. Uh, a bit of mayo And a bit of chilli sauce Okay Not too
0: different I've got to say I'm going to go Dukka crusted chicken Crispy prosciutto Jam lettuce Swiss cheese And uh, some Peri peri aioli Oh
1: there you go Pretty much the same Yeah mm, There you go
0: Very similar There we go uh, Mission possible uh, Did Pittard turn the corner Last week with his form Are we going to get to see The good Pittard For the rest of the year
1: Oh, I don't see a reason. Well, okay, let, let's talk about it because this is a positional thing. Like for me, Westhoff, you can see now Westhoff actually playing forward uh, means that Pittard goes and plays the role he's been playing rather than having Westhoff loafing around the back line being unaccountable. Mm. Um, it means that Pittard gets a bit more space to be a bit uh, uh, monitoring the whole game and being able to play the bit part that he likes playing. So uh, I think it's kind of a double in having Westhoff forward again and allowing for Pittard to actually play his natural role. Yeah, um, I think that's I think that's what happens. So if we go back to, if we go back this week to having Westhoff playing behind the ball, then Pittard will go back to shit. Yeah. If we if we say Westhoff, you're a forward again, um, I think we'll see Piddard probably build on what he did last week. So it's, it's down to the coaches.
0: Yeah, look, I think we need like good Pittard We need good Pittard for the rest of the year if we're going to a make finals and b be uh, successful in finals as well. So hopefully we do see um, good Jasper out there.
1: Yeah, hopefully, hopefully we don't need to we don't need to oversweep our backline. Um,
0: no, in my view. No. Uh, Pafc sixty six <laughs> has asked: Is Gus Monfriez done at Port Adelaide? Yeah, I would think so. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm still half expecting him to get a game before the end of the season, but um,
1: not if we don't get don't injuries.
0: He might be a wild card in that forward line. Our forward line is still relatively unsettled a little bit, so. I don't know, it's quite possible he might come in and do a sort of a bench job and come in and kick a couple of goals, that'd be nice.
1: I think it's getting late in the year to start talking about bringing in a guy that's spent two years out of it.
0: Yeah, maybe, but I don't know, a bench and our forward line is still, I don't know, I still think we're sort of cycling through a few players in in that sort of position, so... And we're still trying to find one that fits properly. But is he finished this year? I've, I'll i be 90% certain this would be his last year for sure. Yeah, I can't see yeah. him getting another contract. No, no. 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 Uh, Harold Oliver has asked what our favourite comfort
1: food is. Uh, Mexican. I don't really care what Mexican. kind. Mexican, of- yep. That's
0: a Mexican. good one, I like yeah, enchiladas, Mexican. enchiladas are great, tacos are great. Yeah,
1: fajitas, fajitas good. are pretty, I like yeah. fajitas, oh, fajitas are good. Mm. Um, yeah, anything Mexican I'll eat pretty much.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, for me it's two things, either seafood or pasta. I love to chow down on, uh, you know, some, like a big bowl of prawns and calamari and, and chips, something like that, but uh, oh, also yeah. a big, big bowl of pasta with heaps of parmesan, can't go wrong.
1: No, that's fair enough. And where would you get those chips from, Mecca?
0: Oh look! There's a wonderful. Pl- I'm not sure if you've heard of it, but there's a great place down at Semaphore called Sotos Fish Shop, um, which do. I've lovely- never heard of it. Is it good? It's, it's pretty good. They do lovely hand cut chips, and um, it's a really nice seafood as well. I'd, I'd check it out.
1: Yeah. What oil do they fry the chips in?
0: Um, that's a secret. No, it's not oh, a secret. Come we on. we actually um fry our oil. We actually use animal fat. We use uh, shortening.
1: Oh, that'd be extra nice, wouldn't it?
0: Very, very yep. tasty. Yeah. Very, very tasty indeed. So, yeah, definitely comfort food there. Excellent. Um, Which leads to our next question from Eric Blair, which is, what is our favorite pasta? Tortellini. Tortellini with what?
1: Oh, I don't really care. I
0: assume there was a a sauce component (laughs) to the question as well, unless you just like eating raw, um, (laughs) unseasoned tortellini.
1: I'm not mental. No, no, absolutely. I, look, I don't care. I, like, I, like, I don't know any pasta sauces I don't particularly like. Um, I'm not super keen on very mushroomy ones, but anything else I don't mind. Okay. I'll eat it. It's good. Fair yeah. enough.
0: For me, I've got two, um, which would be linguini granchio, which is the chili crab pasta. Eww. Absolutely delicious in a, um, like a rosé sort of sauce. And uh, okay. second would be a, a good carbonara as well.
1: Can't go wrong with a good
0: carbonara, especially one without cream. It's got to be without cream, though.
1: Yeah, lots of egg. Mm.
0: Very, very tasty. Um, Glitcho one has asked the question. The tone of the board seems to be pretty confident regarding this result. I see this as a real danger game. Am I being realistic, or has our underwhelming record against the Ruse coloured my judgement?
1: I think you're being a negative maca. (laughs) Negative (laughs) maca. There you go. Uh, Yeah, that's the thing now. What do you call it? a moaning macker there you go moaning macker that's uh <laughs> sounds great
0: <laughs> good stuff yep <laughs> is,
1: is enough, that one done that.
0: well i guess we've kind of talked about that already haven't we so uh yeah. power 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 has asked uh, when having a shower and the water is too hot what do you do turn the hot
1: water down a little or turn the cold water up a little it's, I, I, I've got the one tap shower, so it's the same thing. Yeah. Sorry. Okay.
0: Yeah. We've got, uh, the last three houses I've lived in have all had the Rinai temperature controlled hot water service, so generally don't have that issue because you just oh. set the temp and turn the hot water on and away you go. Um, unless I accidentally leave it at 50 degrees after doing the dishes, in which case I turn the cold on a little bit.
1: Yeah, no, nah, fair enough. Mm. Yep. Mm.
0: Ah, uh, the FVK has asked: Would you rather fight one porsche size Macca or one macca size Porsche? Oh,
1: I'd fight
0: me. I would. Too. <laughs> I'd, like I'd, I haven't been yeah. in a fight for about twenty-five years, so I'd be useless. Um, so definitely a macca size Porsche for me. No, nah, I'd
1: I'd fight a porsche size Macca. Okay. No, no, yeah, oh no, I don't know. No, I'd fight. Yeah, I'd fight a Macassar Porsche. Yeah, yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah, I reckon yeah. you'd be filthy in a fight.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> not yes. not with skill, but if I, from from distant memories, when I get in a fight, I lose my shit. So yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, CT Power has asked, "Hey Macca, have you had a chance to read Scott Hodges' book? And if so, what are your thoughts?" Um, I haven't because I don't think it's released until the thirty first of July. Um my thoughts are I reckon it's going to be an awesome book and I'm going to buy about 10 copies.
1: Wow, that many? Yep.
0: Excellent. Cool.
1: Yep. When's that
0: love, coming love out? 31st of July, I think.
1: Fantastic. i yeah. will have to try and get should it. Should be a good one. Should
0: be a in- very interesting yeah. read going by uh, the blurb. Um, yeah, it looks like he goes into some pretty dark issues. So, yeah, it should be, yeah. should be an interesting read. reckon he
1: might... You reckon Portress Podcast might get him on for an interview or something? That'd be pretty good. How good would that be? That'd be great. Oh. Yeah, that's that's a really... They should do that. Just send him an email, because I reckon he'd be up for it, you know, time it with the release. Final. I would
0: I would love to interview Scotty, but I'm just afraid I'd just be there giggling the whole time. Like... <laughs> like, Scotty. Scotty!
1: Scotty, <laughs> oh my God, Scotty. who's there when you kick that goal from the pocket? Oh my God. Hey, Scott, do you remember when... <laughs> <laughs> Our oh, portrait podcast no, I'm getting one. There you go. So oh, excellent, oh, fantastic. You ripper. There we go. That is that, incredible. That is great news. A couple of weeks, I guess. So oh, um, yeah. All right. Well, that when awesome. that's coming up, um, we'll uh, let you know. And obviously, if you listen to Portrait Podcast, you definitely won't miss it. So there uh, we yeah. are.
0: That is brilliant. Excellent. News. Yeah. Um, yeah. Phil Reich has asked: uh, <laughs> Has there been a more impressive first hundred games than Ollie Wines?
1: Yeah. Well, considering
0: Chad Wingard has a couple of All-Australians, a couple of leading goal kickers and a best and fairest, I'd say Chad would probably have something to say about that.
1: Uh, I think that just in terms of how much it's inspired the club, it would have to be Warren Tredo. Uh
0: Yeah, possibly. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. Maybe. I, did yeah. Look, I did look oh, at him. Yeah. No, I absolutely.
0: thought he's probably around the mark as well. I mean, he won a best and fairest in... Uh, um all Australian as well before his hundred games, so yep, that's fair. Yep, I would say yep. that they're the only two in the question though, I think. Uh,
1: Butcher, no, I didn't get to hundred games.
0: Butch. Disappointing, very disappointing.
1: Mm. Yep. Nick Stevens. Nick Stevens
0: Well, he was great. He was very good. When he, wasn't, he was he generally uh, was, yes. When he wasn't true. bashing women, he was uh he was a wonderful player. <laughs> Shit. So
1: I blame out for that.
0: Yeah, mm. definitely. Right, that's it. That's all the questions i got.
1: All right. Well, I guess we can keep rolling on straight into the final wrap-up. So, uh, Maka, Moaning Maka, um, winning side and margin and your highest score kicker for Port, if you please.
0: Port by 39 points with uh, Matty White oh. kicking three goals.
1: Why Matty White?
0: don't know. I just think um, him on a wing, he's going to get off the leash and he's going to nail those shots this time.
1: Okay, big call, cool, big call. Cool. I like it. Yep. I'm going to say Port Adelaide. I'm going to pick us a margin of 90 points because I think we're going to smash the shit out of them. That'd be great. And I'm going to have my top goal kicker be Justin Westhoff for four goals. Four goals. All right.
0: Well, yeah. who else is going to be up there? Because if we're winning by 90 points, you would assume that we're going to be kicking about 25 goals.
1: Yeah, pretty much. Mm.
0: Oh, yep. I would be very happy if we're soft kick four, and then uh, pretty much everyone else in the side kick three. That'd
1: be great. I think I'd be pretty stoked with that. That'd be a pretty good. That'd be a pretty big scoreline. But I, look, I think it'd be all right. I think it'd be okay. Yeah, it might be. It might be one of those scorelines like um. Did you ever see the 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 animatrix where there's this guy that runs so hard he breaks reality? It'd be kind of like that. You know, we could see that this week where you know we kick for forty goals, and then little cracks have started appearing in reality. Yeah. It's a green code. Um, okay, here's factor. to Which Port player should North Melbourne be most concerned about? Who's going to scare the shit out of him?
0: Which Port player?
1: Yeah. Uh, Jared Pollock. I think you're right, Well, Becca. I should
0: really say if Matty White's kicking three goals, it should be no, Matty that's White. That's true.
1: Really. Yeah. <laughs> but, but back in reality, it's probably Jared Pollock. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> well, I don't think yeah. they have anyone that can sort of shut out his run carry, to be honest. So for me, it's, it's definitely Pollock.
1: I think you're right. Um, I'm going to say, if we're looking at the defensive side, I'm going to go for a Dan Houston, just because his class is so high. Um, he should really... He's the sort of guy that I think that against Ben Brown, if he's chuffing around in front, he'll do very well. He was great last week. He's been great at most weeks, Maka. He's been really good this year. Question. Fantastic. Is yeah. he
0: going to be rewarded with a Rising Star nomination?
1: Um, well, look, I mean, we're getting into the time of year that defenders do occasionally get Rising Star nominations. But, look, we're just... We're still debuting, like across the league, there's still players from last year's draft being debuted every week. You know, we've got yeah. what, three this week Allison Zerha, and the third one?
0: <laughs> Louis Young.
1: Um, yeah, yeah. So there's another. Um, yeah, no, there's heaps of them. Heaps of them mm. just coming through and getting games. So um, yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't get one. And he'll be in the same category as, say, Peter Bergwin back in <clears> 97 <throat> when he didn't get one either.
0: Yeah. Spewing about that.
1: Yeah, yeah. Considering. Yeah.
0: Like well, the game that we won against Brisbane at home, where Paco did that spoil, <laughs> and we won by like three points, and Peter Burgoyne like kicked the winner as well. He had something like twenty six touches and two goals that day,
1: and didn't get nomination. Didn't we get a nomination anyway, though? Like, wasn't no, it it still didn't. a port that got no, it? No, someone you? else. No. Oh, okay.
0: I reckon it was All because right. uh, I think the two previous weeks it was Lockwood and Wilson, from memory. Okay, uh, no, it might have I'll been it it might have been Wilson and Laid or something like that. So I reckon they just decide. no, nah, we're not give, giving it to another poor player. Let's uh, let's find someone else.
1: I like that we're still running hot on 20-year-old grudges. Oh, <laughs> I will hold
0: that grudge to my grave. that one.
1: Ridiculous. Um, and to turn it around, which North Melbourne player should Port Adelaide be most concerned about Ben Brown? Oh, Cunnington. Uh, all
0: right, yeah. Well, Ben yeah. Brown will be the finisher, but Ben Cunnington is their sole chance of winning this game, I think.
1: I suppose there's only so many goals that Ben Brown can kick, really. So, yeah, you're probably right. Me- oh, yeah, I'm going to go Higgins, though, if I have to go midfield. Yeah, okay. Higgins. Higgins, Higgins. Higgins. Um, and the Quiet Achiever for Port Adelaide. Who's going to put in the game of the highest standard that might not wear the crowds? Jasp. Jasper. The Macmillan, reckon? yep. Well, I guess if is playing well, for it, think... there's a reasonable chance.
0: Yeah, I think he'll um, he'll get a job on Higgins, and he'll shut him out and won't get much credit for it. Wow,
1: that's a big call. Okay, I'm, I'm up for that. If that happens, that'd be fantastic. Um, all right, and uh, I guess, are there any other games you're looking forward to this weekend?
0: Quite a few. This is, this is a good round. This is a mm. very interesting round. Like, tomorrow night should be good. St Kilda versus yep. Essendon. Can St Kilda yeah. keep going? Can Essendon keep their chances going? Um, Geelong Hawthorne um, is an interesting one just because of the history there. And, you know, Hawks have been playing reasonable footy lately, so that might be interesting. Mm -mm. Um, can Melbourne do the job over the Crows that's a big one
1: in Northern Territory I don't think so
0: I hope so, fingers crossed GWS Sydney, that is the game of the round that is, yeah I agree,
1: I want to see that one I actually want to see GWS play my god
0: (laughs) well that's like, Sydney are obviously probably the form team in the competition no doubt about that GWS are faltering a little bit, two draws in a row um, yeah, they'll, they'll be desperately wanting to win uh, that one mm. and uh, mm. trying to shut out Sydney. Sydney's got a really tough run home. Um, so it could almost actually be that if GWS do beat Sydney this time, might break their confidence a little bit and Sydney may not actually make the finals.
1: Yeah, but if Sydney win, oh, if that Sydney could be win, good. Sydney win,
0: look out.
1: Because <laughs>
0: that'll oh, be massive. shit and I'm also changes. also very excited to see what Lewis Young does for the dogs in his uh, debut go.
1: Okay, okay. Um for me I just want to add also um Fremantle West Coast because I reckon I reckon both teams are at the point now where they're going to be pretty edgy. West Coast mm. is just on the edge and Fremantle's sort of around the mark. They're close at they're close to each other even if they're not relevant to the whole competition as much as they might have been 4 weeks ago or certainly West Coast. Mm. Um I reckon they could get very willing. I think they could be a bit of the old Western knuckle in that one. Who knows? I don't reckon. I'm not sure. I don't know. Oh.
0: I don't know about this one. Like West Coast have won four in a row. Like I guess Freo will be hoping to stop that, but their season's over. They're not making finals. So, usually in the derby when that happens, outside of the famous uh, knuckle derby, um, it's usually a sort of a, a one-sided game. So, I'm going to say West Coast by about 12 goals in that one.
1: Fair enough. Um, now look, there's just been a really a bit of late news for some very un, unheard of uh, information, which I didn't realise. Um, no one's been talking about it. Uh, Solstar said, "Did you know that it's Luke Hodge's three hundredth this week?"
0: I didn't. Did I care? Wow. Not really. Um, no, nah, look, he's been a wonderful player, <laughs> Luke Hodge. He's been a, a brilliant player for a very long time, and he is. Uh, yeah, what more can you say? I mean. He's obviously a bit of a bastard. There's no doubt about yeah. that. Yeah, he, he plays the game hard and a little bit outside the rules, but that's what's made him so good.
1: I reckon it'd be um, one of those ones, like if, if big footy memories. Do you remember when people were very hot on the the Battle of Judd Ball Hodge? Yeah, <laughs> that was a hit. That's that changed enormously from its original dynamic. That's for sure. Oh, for sure. <laughs> Look, Hodge maybe started a
0: little bit slow in his first year, but. From yeah. sort of his third year on, he was great. Like, he had a ripping 2005, um, and since then he's just been unstoppable. So, yeah, look, I think West Coast would have been happy with um, with Jardin, and I doubt Hawthorne would have ever changed um, getting Luke Hodge uh, for one of the other two. So, yeah, look, he's definitely become worthy of that number one spot for sure. and um, He's arguably been the best number one pick of all time.
1: Oh, oh, gosh! Yeah, maybe. I'm try- yeah, got- I mean, he'd have to, he'd have to be three hundred games realistically, premierships. Yeah, and fair enough.
0: Yeah, um, have, he, he, would definitely be right up there. Just having yeah. a quick look: um, three-time All Australian, two-time Best and fairest, two-time Norm Smith, um, four premierships. That's uh, that's making me much, sick, Macca. Pretty much unbeatable, I think. <laughs> Uh, Nick Rewalt would be up there, but he hasn't won a flag, so he kind of uh, cancels himself out, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, look, there's been other really, really good uh, number one picks as well, but I think by far Luke Hodges is the standout for sure.
1: Yeah, and I, I kind of feel like I'm just in that discussion. Like Chris Judd, I think I feel like when Chris Judd left West Coast and went to Carlton of all clubs, like he kind of decided he didn't want a legacy, he just wanted money. That's <laughs> yeah. how it felt at the time, and I think it's kind of proving the case, really. If you look I'm back surprised. at Chris Judd
0: now, it's I don't I'm surprised Luke Hodge has only won three All-Australian Guernseys. All right. I know he was in the squad for two others, but, um...
1: Yeah. I don't
0: know. I thought he would have had more than that.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Without looking, don't but, yeah. All right. Well, look, we go. I don't have... I think that became a lot more than Solstar I was hoping for. I think he was intending it to bit of a snarky thing, but it ended up being an actual comment. So sorry. Well, I'm a, I'm a comment. big
0: look. I'm a big Hodgie fan, and look what he did to Wingard was disgraceful. But
1: yes, it is. I'm
0: still a big Hodgie fan.
1: Okay, right. Well, look, uh, if if we uh, picked uh, up a play, like if
0: Joe, if Joe Attlee becomes <laughs> Luke Hodge and Luke uh, Hodge. puts his elbow through someone, we're gonna love it. Come on, we're gonna love it.
1: Yeah, yeah, probably, unless he breaks his neck, in which case that would not be loved.
0: And if he becomes a two-time North Smith medalist and four-time Premiership player, then there's going to be a statue of Joe Attlee out the front next to uh, Barry Robran and Russell Leavitt, I think.
1: Quite possibly. That'd be nice. Um, yeah, all right. Look, let's wrap it up. We're good. We, we got through it. We managed to make a, a match against the second bottom side sound... <laughs> Exciting. <laughs> Somewhat hopefully. interesting. I know. Do and the crowd will be pretty good? Or I mean, it's Saturday set afternoon, so that's usually a bit... Mm, um, the crowd will
0: know. be... I'm going to say it's going to be 26,500. Well, that low? Yeah. Wow. North have no supporters here. They're second bottom. It's a Saturday afternoon.
1: Yeah.
0: Like, I don't know. Our crowds have been disappointing all year, and I can't see this one being any different.
1: Um, Craig Jones has said, don't remind me of the 2001 draft. We screwed that one royally. We kind of did, but oh well. Um, but we didn't because we got Damien Hardwick and did he we? was in a premiership. Well, we got Damien Hardwick, so maybe not. Did we, did we screw it? I don't know. We, tra- we, we drafted we only had, like, Barry Brooks. two late takes, didn't we? No, we, had, we drafted Barry Brooks in the first round. Oh, that's his, right. Out of all those midfielders, we picked the Ruckman right. and then we traded him a year Big later. Baz! <laughs> I forgot he even existed, Big Baz. Uh, yeah, yeah, good on. Well, he's he been around for a year. did Baz! Hi. That's true. Yeah, and then we, we <laughs> turned him into Celepec, which didn't work out, so Yeah. That's Salipik and Gillum, even worse. So we really got nothing out of that at all pretty much in the long run. But um, yeah. there you go. we picked
0: Whitey, he was a good player, Damon White. I liked
1: yeah, Whitey. Yeah, he had a crack. Yeah.
0: I liked Whitey. And Jared Poulton. I, he played as well. He got drafted that year. So
1: Yeah. Oh, no, yeah. Or redrafted,
0: yeah. I should say. We redrafted. Yeah,
1: him. that's right, yeah. yeah.
0: And you're forgetting uh, the what? other player that played a game for Port Adelaide that year. Jackson Crab. Mm
1: crabby. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> the crab. Lots of crabs. He was good. Ah, fantastic. All right, look, we're just talking crap now, so we're going to wrap it yeah. up, I reckon. Yep. Um, so, yeah, if you're thinking about going to the game, then go, because we should – look, even Macca reckons we're going to win by at least 30 points. So, you know, we, we might lose, but who knows. Mm. Um, but if we do, you'll have something to get really angry about, and that's always nice on a Saturday afternoon, because you've got a bit of time to stew, and you can go get drunk afterwards. Hooray. So, um, I guess we can finish up by saying, can port. I hope we win. Car the
0: Perds.
1: Car the Power. And, um, oh. yeah, yeah, and kind the of Logan oh. Austin and can't uh, kind of Sean Atley, thump your brother? I'm
0: taking my eldest boy to his first
1: suspended. Oh, what? Really? Fantastic.
0: Yeah. So, he's, he's very excited. Should be good.
1: Excellent. I hope Joe fires up. He's going to be really good. <laughs> I want to see brother on. Brother, I want to see. I want to see the negro. It's going to be fantastic. Gets <laughs> the ball across towards a teammate. Ritz hand pass though, slapped, and now needs away. Everything falling into place. Need the beneficiary running down towards the fifty. Lines up. Bacon goal square. How about this? This is breathtaking.